Amen. Amen. Good morning. Aren't you thankful for our worship team? Wow. I love it. So thankful that, you know, I was thinking this morning, what a reminder for us having the good riches here, uh, Dorcas singing uh, Silent Nights, and just the, the, the body of Christ, the work of God is so big. It's global. Uh, every tribe, every nation, every tongue. And here at Rimrock Church, we get to be a small part of it, but what a joy that we can be reminded of our sister church in Hillsview, the believers in Africa. I was, this, as I was sitting there this morning, my mind was traveling to all the worship services I've been around the world and, and worshiping with people in different languages. And, and what, a, what a thrill heaven will be <laughs> when we'll get to sing to our Lord and Savior all together with every nation, tribe, and tongue. It will be glorious. <laughs> it will be awesome. All right. Would you join me in praying this morning, Lord? You are here. Lord, you are um, more magnificent than we could ever express, even through our song and our instruments and our voices and our lives. You are above and beyond anything we could ever muster or produce. But God, we recognize your glory. We recognize your worth today. And I just pray as we open your word that God, you know every heart, every mind, every need in this place, I pray that Spirit of God, you would be poured out and that you would speak and that you would move and that you would transform and that as we hear your words that we would not be the same, but that God, you would produce what only you can produce in our lives. I ask this in your precious, powerful name, Jesus, amen. So what do you think about in-between times? I know life, there's a lot of in-between times and it can be hard. Some of those times are hard for me because uh, it's hard to wait. It's hard to, um, to not accomplish what you think or what you know is going to happen. And so um, this Advent series is a reminder that we're in, in living in an in-between time. We have sung this morning, Jesus has come. Go tell it on the mountain, right? And, and we believe that has changed everything for us personally, our world is different because the light has come. And so Advent is, is both remembering what God has done, what he's accomplished, and Jesus arriving on the scene, what his work on the cross and the resurrection accomplished. But we're waiting a time what the Bible calls the day of the Lord, what I like to refer as the fourth day, when Jesus will return in his glory, not as a, a baby and a manger, but as the king as the Lord of all, as the, the creator and the one who has the rightful rule over all the earth and all of humanity. And so that day is coming. And the Bible, every page of the Bible is filled with that expectation of his arrival, of his coming. So the question that we are, 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 are going to uh, look at today is what do we do and how do we live in the in-between time? Because it matters. It's important. It's not an accident that God has placed you and I in this moment in history. And we believe God is present, that he is working. And so how do we live in the in-between time? And specifically this morning, we're going to be looking at peace. Peace. Um, in Luke chapter 2, verse 13, we have this glorious account of Jesus' arrival. 
and a heavenly host appears to some shepherds out in the field. And what do they say? Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those whom his favor rests. And so peace is central to the plan, the purpose, and the work of God of what he wants to do in our lives and what he wants to bring to our world. Last week, we looked back on Isaiah chapter 9. 800 years before Jesus was born, God gave a message to the prophet Isaiah. And we looked at this incredible message, and, and Isaiah wrote that in a time of great darkness, distress, trouble for the people of Israel. And last week, I, I pointed out that there's still a lot of darkness and distress in our world. And I, I listed a whole series of things that maybe have happened in your life this past year from relational conflicts to financial troubles to health problems for you or loved ones for uh, wounds from war or divorce or different things that have affected you and I asked how many of you and over 90% of you raised your hand and I raised my hand too because we've all experienced trouble hardship darkness but I reminded you that the light as Isaiah prophesied that the light has dawned and that Jesus is the light of the world. And he did bring a change in this world. And he started with our hearts, the hearts of men and women. And Jesus, when he was on earth, when he talked about the kingdom, they said, where is your kingdom? And he said, don't look over there, over there. He said, but it is inside you. And so the work of God of bringing light in the world happened in a small way. And it started in the hearts of men and women who put their trust and their faith in Jesus Christ. And so we talked about how Jesus accomplished that by coming in his death and his resurrection. But we saw in Isaiah also that there was this other prophecy of Jesus as Prince of Peace and, and as Lord of all, mighty God, and that the government would be on his shoulders and that there would be a day when he would rule on the throne of David and bring justice and righteousness to our world and that day has not arrived yet the light has come but what God accomplished in Christ's first coming to bring forgiveness to free us from our sin and our guilt and our shame and our fear and start a new life in us will be fully accomplished one day when all this world is set aright and the Bible proclaims that on that day, every tear will be wiped away. There will be no more pain and no more death. Doesn't that sound wonderful? <laughs> Doesn't that sound wonderful? And so we are looking forward to that day. But in the meantime, while there is trouble, we have to ask ourselves, where is the peace? Where is the peace? Because we look around our world and we see a lot of not peace, right? There's a lot of conflict. There's a lot of trouble. There's a lot of people struggling with anxiety and fear. And so for us, we need to hear what God has for us in this in-between time to, to bring peace into our hearts. And so I'm going to read out of John chapter 14, and I would ask you to stand this morning as we read God's Word. It's going to be on the screen. You feel welcome to open the Bible. And we're going to start in verse 25. And realize that there's a, there's a lot of context to this. And Jesus is, is telling his disciples that he's leaving, um, but he's going to come back. And he's promising something very important here. So in verse 25, 
Jesus says, all this I have spoken while still with you. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things. And he will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. You heard me say I am going away and I am coming back to you. Thank God for his word. You may be seated. So last Saturday um, evening, my wife and I were getting ready to go to the worship service downtown. And many of you can relate to this, that getting ready for church is not a small feat, right? You got kids running around and everything's crazy. And, and uh, maybe some of you experienced that this morning on the way to church. But that particular night, as Jill and I were, were trying to get everything ready and organized, and, and our plan was to go and worship downtown, my two youngest sons were running up and down our hallway, and my youngest son slipped and fell and hit a stool in our hallway and split his head open. And so we uh, had a change of plans. <laughs> and so we uh, uh, drove right past uh, the church on the way to the ER, and he got nine stitches, and he's doing great today, but um, life did not go as planned <laughs> that night. How many of you can relate, maybe not kids getting stitches, but this week, something not going the way you planned, the way you thought it would go. This world is full of trouble, circumstances, things that happen that, that aren't uncomfortable, that we don't like. We can all relate to that. And so the words of Jesus talking about peace have great meaning for our lives great meaning. In verse 25, as Jesus introduces this idea of this in-between time and what, what it means to live in this in-between time, he introduces us to a person. He calls him the advocate, the Holy Spirit. Now, we believe in God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We believe in three Persons of the Godhead. One God, three persons. That is foundational to our understanding of how God has revealed himself. And isn't it interesting in these few verses here, we see the Holy Spirit, we see the Father, and we see Jesus all working together in this beautiful work of God. And so we believe this. But often we forget, and it's even been called, uh, the forgotten God, the Holy Spirit. And so this morning, we're going to be talking about the Holy Spirit, how God's plan is to reveal to us how the Holy Spirit is, is the most important part of God's presence and His work in our lives in the in-between time. This last uh, week, uh, I went to an event where my oldest son was involved, and there were some other parents there, so I approached a guy and started a conversation with him. And, uh, and I started asking him what he did, and he told me he lived on the Air Force base. He was part of the Air Force. And so I said, well, are, are you a pilot? He said, no, 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 I'm not, I'm not a pilot. He said, I, I just load bombs. And uh, he, he must have seen my face because he started to laugh like, like you did. <laughs> and I said, I wouldn't say just. <laughs> you know, I'm sure he does that every day. And for him, it's normal. It's ordinary. But, but if you think about the power of the bomb, that's not an ordinary thing. 
And it made me start to think as I was thinking about this passage and as we hear these words of Jesus that he is sending, he is giving the Holy Spirit to us. And I often think as Christians, we're like that where we say, you know, I, I just have God living in me as if it's no big deal. But, but think about that. The, the, the God who, who created this universe, the one who spoke the stars into being, who formed every part of who you are and who I am, and has all power dwelling in me, dwelling in you. Isn't that stunning? Isn't that beyond words? It's amazing. And we forget. We, we need to be reminded of this power that is in us, that is with us us. And so Jesus introduces us to this person of the Holy Spirit. In Isaiah 9, he's referred to as the wonderful counselor that Jesus has revealed to us, this person of God who is called the advocate. And I love this word. It's not a word we use a lot, but it literally in, it means a, a helper, a, a, someone who speaks and works on our behalf because the Christian life if you think about it, what Jesus is calling us to be is beyond us, beyond what we could produce, beyond what we can be. And so God has not left us alone. He is transforming us. He has begun a work in us through the gospel of, of taking away our sin and putting a new heart in us as the prophet Jeremiah and Ezekiel spoke of, of that day when God would do away with the hearts of stone in men and women and place in them a heart of flesh and his spirit would dwell in his people. And we are living in those days, that fulfillment when the very presence and power of God is dwelling within us. And he's called the advocate. In some of your translations, it says helper. In other translations, it says counselor. And each of those words explain this person of God that is with us and in us. And his role is vital in this in-between time. As we have received the gift of Jesus and as we await his final completion of his work, in this time, as we live in a turbulent, dark world, we have God with us, the power of the Holy Spirit dwelling in us. Now, I want to make a, a very important point, because there's a lot of uh, misunderstanding and, and even bad teaching about this. The, the Holy Spirit is a gift. There's nothing that you or I need to do special. You don't have to be a, a special kind of Christian or do special kind of things to receive this gift. Um, the way you and I came to Christ <laughs> was a way of faith where we simply came to this realization of our desperate need for God and we received Jesus as our Lord and Savior. The Bible says that we are saved by believing and confessing our faith in Him. It's that simple. That's why Jesus said it's only like a little child that we can enter the kingdom of God. And so in the same way that we receive our salvation through Jesus Christ, in the same way we receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. That's so important. There's no super Christians that somehow have arrived and others who haven't. No, the good news is that God has made a way, that God has given the gift. He has provided. He has given us the Holy Spirit. So there's no hoops to jump through. There's no special formulas or things you have to do or say. It is a matter of receiving, of believing what God wants to freely give to you and I. Isn't that good news? <laughs> Isn't that good news? 
And so we are told that the Holy Spirit is given and sent and that he will teach us, he will remind us, he will work in us to accomplish what God has started through Jesus Christ. I remember when um, I proposed to my wife <laughs> and some of you who are married maybe remember that day in your lives and um, I, ha I brought something with me when I proposed to her and it cost me a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> but I had a ring and I had a diamond and and I asked her to marry me I asked her to spend the rest of my of her life with me and I'm so grateful she said yes <laughs> so grateful but that ring is significant because on that day it wasn't like every other day because on that day I gave a promise I told her that I wanted to spend the rest of my life with her and, and we hadn't even had a wedding yet but day yet but I I, I gave her something a, a seal, a, a symbol, a sign of what I had said that I would promise to spend my life with her and I wanted her to spend the life with me. And so that ring is what the Bible talks about the Holy Spirit being the seal of God's promise. And so we are saved by faith, believing what God has said is true and will happen. So when God says that through Jesus Christ your sins are forgiven, we believe and we have staked our lives on that promise that our sins are gone, paid for, clean. And when Jesus says, I'm coming back, we believe it. And when he tells us that the Holy Spirit is with us, we experience that and he is the very presence of God with us, that ring reminding us that God will accomplish what he has said. So let's talk about peace. Verse 27 because Jesus goes directly from talking about this gift of the Holy Spirit to talking about peace. He says, peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Now, to understand peace, we must understand that this is more than just the absence of conflict or trouble. That this word actually means wholeness, completeness, complete fulfillment. It's all the pieces fitting together the way it should be. And so... This is God's design. This is God's desire. This is what God wants to accomplish in our world. But we understand that in this world right now, there's not perfect peace. There's not perfect wholeness. But Jesus is starting something. He's promising something. He's accomplishing something right now. Now, if you don't remember anything else I say this morning, hold on to this. That peace is a person. Peace is is a person. Would you say that with me? Peace is a person. How can we say that? Well, the context determines meaning. What has Jesus just told us about? The Holy Spirit, the person of God with us. And then he talks about peace. I think those things are connected. We cannot have peace outside of God. And so God is promising his very presence through the power of the Holy Spirit in us, which will produce what? Peace. God's peace in us. Now this, my dear friends, is so important in this in-between We will have hardship. I think of that picture of Jesus on a boat with his disciples, and there's a storm. <laughs> and the disciples are terrified. They're saying, man, we're going to die. And, and they're desperate. And Jesus is asleep and they, they wake him up and, and the disciples, they don't fully understand who Jesus is at this point. But, but Jesus stands up 
And he says, oh, you have little faith. And then he turns to the wind and the waves and he says, be calm, be still. And then the disciples were really afraid because they said, who is this man that he has power to calm the wind and the waves? You see, they went into that boat not fully understanding the presence and the power of God. But that was a lesson that if Jesus was with them, they didn't need to be afraid. They didn't need to be troubled by the storms, by the circumstances. Oh, how many times, I'm sure, later in their lives as they went out around the world proclaiming Jesus and they were thrown in prison and they were mocked and they were beaten and they were, they were killed. I, I, I wonder how many times they thought back to that storm and remi were reminded Jesus was with us and he's with us now. You see, who's with us makes all the difference. And if God, by his Holy Spirit, created this world and is over all things and he is with us, then we can hold on to Philippians 4, which says, The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds. Now hold on to that word guard. That means God is there as a strong soldier to protect, to guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Hold on to that promise. God is near. The Spirit is with us. And that brings peace. And so when Jesus says, peace I leave you, my peace I give you, he says, I do not give as the world gives. How does this world give? It gives conditionally. Conditionally. And we know that, you know, you, you've lived long enough to experience that where, 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 where there's always strings, there's always things tied to, to things. And so, but God is not that way. We are conditional creatures, but, but God is not like us. He is unconditional in his love and his gifts. And that is good news for us. Because as God gives, it's not dependent on us. And so this world how do they look for peace? And I, I would argue that this whole world is looking for peace, but they are striving for it. They're, they're doing everything they can to somehow achieve it through money or work or relationships or something. They're trying to grasp it, but it's out of their grasp. It's fading. But God doesn't give that way. He gives us unconditionally, meaning it's based on who he is, not who we are. <laughs> I love that when Jesus walked this earth, he picked out people who didn't deserve it, who weren't included, but he opened the door and said, God, God loves you. He cares about you. He wants you to be with him. And so he opened the door for the, the sinners. He opened the door for the disabled, the people who wouldn't have been included. And he opened the door for us because none of us, none of us could do enough to achieve or to meet the conditions of God. And so he made a way for us to be invited, to be included. And that is true for peace, <laughs> that the peace of God is available to us, not based on what we do or what we can produce, but on who God is and how he gives. That is good news. And that is why, my dear friends, why we can not let our hearts be troubled. No matter what happens, what illness, what struggle, what financial difficulty, even death itself, we can look at that and say, we are not afraid. This past week on Wednesday nights, we have 
some small groups that meet and, and in my, uh, the small group I was part of there was a couple people there and we were talking about this and, and, and I love that in, in small settings we can share because so many of you have, have stories of, of how this is real <laughs> like you can hear me talk about this but, but this is real God makes this available for us this reality and in our group um, was Marsha who many of you know Pastor Steve battled with cancer and she just gave testimony to the peace of God through the midst of that battle and then Chris Doyle my brother is here was was in that group and he talked about the financial crisis in 2008 when he saw so many people just losing everything and their peace was gone in that but in the midst of that God brought him to his word and to the reality of God's presence with him and he gave testimony to the peace of God that 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 peace that surpasses all understanding and we could go around here this morning and so many of you could stand up and say I've experienced that not because of anything I've done or, or I'm some kind of special person but because God is with me and he's provided this kind of peace for me through the storms and the troubles of life this is real and so this morning as I um, conclude I want you to realize in this Advent season how important this is and Jesus talked a lot about this in-between time and in Matthew chapter 24 and 25 he's telling his disciples I'm I'm going away and and that's and he's saying but in this in-between time I have a purpose for you but I'm coming back and so he has all these different stories that he's telling to try to encourage and 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 my goal here this morning my prayer for you is that you would be deeply encouraged as you leave this place that you would realize what you have with you and in you it is the very presence of God with you as you go through life in this in-between time but Jesus told us in Matthew 20 25 that when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him he will sit on his glorious throne and so we're looking forward to that day. He's, he's telling us that that day is coming. He's promising it, it that day will come. But in this in-between time, he, talk, he tells three stories, and I want to share one of those stories with you. It's called the parable of the ten virgins, but, but it's really about ten bridesmaids. That's, that's a, the reference of the ten bridesmaids. And he says, at that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like ten bridesmaids who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. And, and I... I love this, that Jesus does this over and over. He talks about the kingdom of God like a wedding feast. We, we started this series where Jesus proclaimed in Mark chapter 2 that I am the bridegroom. He, he's saying that all of human history is going to lead up to a, a glorious celebration. And who doesn't like a wedding where, where there's beauty and there's music and there's food and you're celebrating love and commitment and all that is good. And, uh, and it's a party. And so Jesus referred to the kingdom of God like a party more than anything else. And that's good news because <laughs> that's, that's where we're headed. That's our destiny in Christ is that it's going to be this incredible, incredible feast, this incredible party. And then he says that there were ten bridesmaids. Five of them were foolish and five of them were wise. The foolish ones took lamps but no oil. Now that's really important. There was no oil. And if you look at the Greek translation there, it's very clear. Some translations get this wrong, that it, it wasn't that they had some and ran out. It's they had no oil. But the wise ones took oil in their jars along with their lamps. 
the bridegroom was a long time in coming. And, and we get that. It's been, been 2,000 years since Jesus first came. So th this has been a long time. And they all became drowsy and fell asleep. But at midnight, the cry rang out. Here's the bridegroom. Come out and meet him. And all the bridesmaids, they woke up and they trimmed their lamps. And the, the foolish ones said to the wise, give us some of your oil. And they said, no, because there's not enough for both of us. Instead, go and, and to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. And so while the five foolish ones were out looking for oil, the bridegroom arrived. The bridesmaids who were ready went with them to the banquet. <laughs> they, they were ready for the party. They were ready for the celebration. And the door was shut. And later the others also came and said, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. But he replied, truly, I tell you, I don't know you. Now that's key. I don't know you. Therefore, keep watch because you do not know the day or the hour. And so this in-between time, it's so key that the oil represents the Holy Spirit. Throughout the Bible, oil is a symbol, a sign of the Holy Spirit, the presence of God with us. And so the five foolish ones did not have the Spirit of God. They did not have Christ. <laughs> they did not have the gospel. And so the good news this morning is if you're here and you're saying, I don't know Jesus, it's not too late. Today is the day of salvation. And I want to invite you, if you are here this morning, you have not given your life to Jesus. If you have not by faith said, I believe that Jesus, you came to die for my sins, that you came to save me, to set me free from my sin and my darkness and my shame and to give me a new life. And I believe in you and I want to confess you and I want to follow you. You are my King and my Lord. If you are here this morning and you want to do that, please do. Today is the day of salvation. It's not too late. But for those who do have Christ, this is not a story where you feel worried. <laughs> this is a story that gives you great assurance because the Spirit of God is in you. He is with you. You're ready. <laughs> You're ready. You're waiting for the bridegroom. You're waiting for Jesus to come back and the presence of God is with you and so there is no anxiety there's no having to run into town and try to strive or achieve it or find it. You have it. It's been given to you. And so the party is awaiting the invitation you've received and you're ready to go. That is good news. I love what, what Paul says in Romans chapter 8. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. Do you know that this morning that the Spirit of God is in you? that you are a son, you are a daughter, for you did not receive the spirit of slavery that makes you fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons and daughters. You can cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. So when you're going through that trouble, that difficulty, you're reminded that the Spirit of God is with you and that you are his son and his daughter. And if children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with them in order that we may also be glorified with them. And so do not be surprised that we will go through trials, that we will go through difficulty, but we do not go through it without hope, without peace, without joy, without love, because God has shone 
a light, shone a light into our hearts. So where is the peace? It's in a person. (laughs) It's in a person that Jesus has provided for us, that the Father has sent through the Holy Spirit. And so as the worship team comes up, I'm going to read these words out of a hymn that speaks of Advent. Come, thou long-expected Jesus, born to set thy people free from our fears and sins, release us. Let us find our rest in thee. Israel's strength and consolation, hope of all the earth thou art. Our desire and dear desire of every nation, joy of every longing heart, born thy people to deliver, born a child and yet a king, born to reign in us forever. Now thy gracious kingdom bring by thine own eternal spirit, the spirit of God with us. Rule in our hearts alone. By thine all-sufficient merit, raise us to thy glorious throne. By thine all-sufficient merit, raise us to thy glorious throne. Amen. Amen.